Praise God. Praise God. You've got to cast your cares on the Lord. You've got to cast your cares on the Lord. If somebody does you wrong, first thing you should do is pick up the phone, right? Who said amen to that? Amen. <laughs> you said amen to that? No, oh, come on. If, some, if somebody does you wrong, the last thing you should do is pick up the phone and try to get everybody to agree with you. The last thing you should do is to pick up the phone and get everybody to agree with you. The first thing you should do is take it to the Lord. The last thing you should do is get on the phone. And so if, uh, if, if you get your toe stepped on, well, take it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord. And in any conflict, the person who does the most telephoning is the smaller, the smaller party. Amen? You know, the person who does the most telephoning is the, is the one who loses. And, and you know. minutes. <laughs> That's right. They're roaming. They're roaming from the Word. They're roaming from the Word. You should cast all your care on the Lord and, and not on everybody else's ears. All right. We are going to prosper. Yes. We're going to prosper. We're going to prosper. We're going to prosper. And we're going to prosper not just financially, not just spiritually, not just in wisdom and, and uh, emotional prosperity. We're going to prosper in every way, in every way. That's how God wants us to prosper. God wants you to win in every situation. God expects you to win in every situation. God has given you the potential to win in every situation. And so it's up to us to act on the potential that's already been placed on the inside of us. If you go to a family gathering or a, or a gathering of friends and you know that it's going to be difficult emotionally to, to deal with different people, well, God has given you the potential to win in that situation. The love of God has already been shed abroad in your heart. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in every situation. So you've got that potential. It's already there. When you walk into a business meeting, when you walk into an interview, when you walk um, into, your, into the boss's office and ask for a raise, the victory is already there on the inside of you. You walk in with that potential. You walk in with that. And so it's up to you to call upon the authority, call upon the blessings, call upon the covenant that's already on the inside of you. And you win in every situation. And so it doesn't matter what somebody else might say and what somebody else might do or something like that. You win. You're a winner. You're a winner and you live in that victory. You live in that victory. You abide in that victory. You stay in that place. You stay in that place. And when you are in that place, and when you are a victor, when you are a winner, then you can let the other person look good. You can let that other person, go ahead, go ahead, you take credit. Go ahead, you know, you know, that's all right. You know, I just, I'm here to, I'm here to bless. I'm here to just make everybody else look good. God sees where I'm at. God sees my situation. You know, if, if it's important to you to do this and that, that's fine. That's fine. I don't need anything. Yeah. I don't need anything. Don't have to put my name on the bottom of this. <laughs> Amen? Amen. It's, it's God's getting the glory. God who gets the glory. And I'm a servant. And I'm his servant. Reasons why God wants you to prosper today, eventually I'm going to turn this into 365. I'm going to make this into a daily devotional. And there are at least 365 reasons in the Bible why God wants you to prosper. And here we'll just go over a few. 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all, or I pray above all things that you may prosper 
All right, let's read it as New King James. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. In King James, it says this way. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Hallelujah. Doesn't that cover everything? Even as thy soul prospers. He's talking about spiritual prosperity there, that we have Jesus. We have Jesus, and if we have Jesus, then we're prospering. And so it's going to come out in our health. It's going to come out in our wealth. You are in a covenant that includes health and wealth. Oh, you go to that health and you believe in that health and wealth gospel? I certainly do. I certainly do. And, well, well, I just, you know, I don't think you should just preach that. It's just, people get the wrong idea. The wrong idea. Well, I mean, as opposed to poverty, as opposed to lack, no, the people get the wrong idea when the one who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy suppresses this kind of talk, suppresses this kind of information, or gets somebody so fired up on it that they just go completely selfish and they, you know, it's all heaped up unto themselves and it's all for me, 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 me and it's God second, it's money first and, and that doesn't work, right? So, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be what? Added unto you. Added unto you. So, it's, God is in the business of adding things to you. He is trying to get this to you. He's trying to get this over to you. He's trying to get prosperity into your spirit. Because if I can get you to believe this, expect this, and just live in this gospel, it will show out on the outside. You will start to see it. Your furniture will start to change. Your, your car will get that new car smell, and it isn't just something that you're hanging on the, on the rear of your mirror. It's, it's going to start showing out. It's going to start showing out on every side. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Yeah. But it's to be, first you've got to get it in here. And as long as I can just see a lot of reason, a lot of doubt, I'm just not sure. Well, that's okay. Do without. Get convinced. Get convinced. Get in, get out, but get, get on one side or the other. And if you're just not sure and you want to get there, build this into your spirit. Build it in. What do we do when somebody needs healing? They're laid up, they're sick, they're in pain, they're needing help. And so you play prosperity scriptures over and over and over and over again. You put that CD on repeat and you just build that into them and it strengthens their spirit. They receive, their spirit gets stronger and they're able to lay hold of those promises and they get convinced. And then the promises, we're just talking about these are general principles of faith, that they're, they get convinced that healing is for them now. They take that like a fullback with both arms on both ends of that football and they just run right through. Amen? They run across the goal line with it. You've got to do the same thing with the principles of prosperity. They can't just sort of be, oh, you know, I'm aware of. You don't want to be just aware of. You want to have these things internalized. They've got to just be built in to where you just, you know, you just believe this so strong that when God tells you to sow $1,000 into this ministry or that ministry, you just write the check. I don't know, it kind of, okay. But you do it because you know the blesser. You have a relationship with the blesser. Daryl Cope said that when his finances turned around, and boy, did they turn around. 
when they turned around is when he got a hold of sewing. And he could just write out big checks. And he started, he started telling me, I wrote out this big check to this ministry and a big check to that ministry. The Lord had me sow this big seed and sow that big seed. And then the blessings just started to pour in. Just started to pour in. Keith Moore said it this way, that he got a hold of the principles of prosperity and he began to sow. And they first were, they, they, they had to actually work to get to 10%. Then, once they got to 10%, they said, we're not stopping here. And then they went to 12 and 15 and to 20. He said, when, he, when I heard this message, they were at 50. He said they were at 50. They were sowing 50% of what came in. And, and he already was living in the biggest house in town, flying a jet airplane, had a hangar that had an office and a little bathroom, and he could go hang out and, and sit in his little office and look out the window at his jet and <laughs> study from there, and a little bathroom, a little refrigerator. All that was given to him. Given to him. Nice setup. Nice setup. 50%. Well, maybe this only works for ministers. These are principles. These are God's principles. A man took Kenneth Hagin's tapes on You Can Have What You Say, and with $50, he listened to those tapes morning, noon, and night. And then he got to where he was just listening to them every morning before he went to work. From that $50, he developed a multi-multi-million dollar uh, fortune. And he's on Kenneth Hagin's board today. You can have what you say. You can, you can build these things into your spirit. You build these things in. Terry Hagin is a very blessed man. But when he graduated from Rama, um, he got injured. He got a back injury and ended up on his back for sometimes six months at a time. It was a, it was a mess. And he listened to prosperity. He listened to healing scriptures over and over again. But he's also listening to prosperity scriptures. And so he had a trade. He was by trade. He had a great roofing trade. And uh, before he went to Rama, he had made tremendous money in the roofing business. But while he laid in bed, he um, listened to tapes, read books, and fed his spirit until and prayed for an idea that God could give him where he could do something that didn't involve physical labor any longer. He needed to do something that, that didn't involve those things where he could make money other ways. God gave him first an idea where he started an internet company that raised over $750,000. And then after that, he gave him the internet traffic school that has done very, very well for him. God has blessed him tremendously and has done it in a way that fit him. You would think that when, you know, most worldly thinking would be, oh, well, I got a bad back, I can now be on disability, I'm on government assistance, I can go this direction or that direction, and now I'm a dependent. Okay, because now I've got an excuse. I've got this excuse, I've got this condition, therefore, therefore. Nothing should hold you back. Not your past, not your present, not anything should ever hold you back. Everybody here has the potential to go as far as your faith will carry you. Amen. Everybody here. Amen. Not your age, not anything, not your, not your anything. You've got, the, you've got the potential to go anywhere. Yes. Who's living on the inside of you? It's God who lives on the inside of you. It's God on the inside of you. Ooh, come on. All things. All right. First one, John 3, 3 John 2, 
We talked about seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto us. Added unto us. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, we talked about that a little bit last time. God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. This is God's definition of prosperity. This is where God wants you to be. Here is your meditation verse. You should meditate on this verse. This verse is for you. This is the will of God for my life. This is the will of God for your life. On, at whatever level you find yourself, begin putting these things into practice. Don't say that because I only have $10 in my wallet, I can't sew. You can at least sew a buck. You can at least share something with somebody. Because God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that you having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Is that sometime off in the future? Or do you want to start applying and living in that world today? You can. Start, start living like that's true for you today. If you, can, if you can just help somebody with 10 cents, do it. If you can sow a dollar, sow 25 cents, sow, sow little amounts out and just, you see somebody who could buy them a hot dog. A hot dog at 7-Eleven, $1.50, something like that. I mean, just get involved with this verse. Make this verse start to work. I, you, might be, you might be hurting. You might be having a hard time paying your bills. One time, I knew that I was not going to come up with enough money at the end of that month to pay my bills. I could see what the income was. I could see what the expenses were. You know what I started? I just prayed. I knew what to do. I gave $100 to somebody who I knew needed money. Hey, it's, it's not my harvest, so this must be my seed. Yes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> this isn't enough for the harvest because the, the harvest would pay all the bills and meet everybody else's needs. So, you know, I better sow this because this isn't, this isn't enough here. And so if, if I'm a corn farmer, I better just take some of this corn and get it back in the ground. You know, and get it coming back. Rather than making cornbread, I'm going to plant the corn. Okay? So think about like, think like that. Number four, the most common, we talked about this last time, I think, the most common miracle in the Bible is provision. The longest running miracle in the Bible is a miracle of provision where he supernaturally fed a nation of millions of people for 40 years with manna and quail. Supernaturally was providing for, for people for 40 years. This is not just a, a once-in-a-while kind of thing when you're in crisis. He's your provider. He's dad. Yes. He is dad. Yes. Oh, yes. Were, were your parents sort of a, sometimes there was a meal on the table, sometimes there was not. It really, they were kind of unconcerned with whether or not they fed you. They were concerned. That was, they, they saw it as their job title to, to take care of, of the food on the table. God's very own name is Jehovah-Jireh, our provider. It, he called himself Jehovah-Jireh before he called himself Jehovah-Rapha. He called himself Jehovah-Rapha in Exodus, but was, he was Jehovah-Jireh in Genesis. In Genesis. He was the Lord, our provider in Genesis. Galatians 3 tells us Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham 
might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Poverty everywhere in the Bible is seen as a curse. It is never seen as a blessing. The curse of the law is described in detail in, in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and details the curses of poverty, sickness, and separation from God or spiritual death. The good news is that Jesus has not only redeemed us from sin, not only redeemed us from sin, but he's also redeemed us from sickness and also redeemed us from poverty. The same cross that bore our sins is the same cross that bore our sicknesses. The same cross that bore our sins and carried our pains is the same place where he redeemed us from the curse of the law, redeemed us from all of the curse. The curse contained lots of lack, lots of poverty, and lots of doing without. The blessing contained all kinds of prosperity and lands and houses and vineyards and all kinds of things. Everything that you would need and more is in the blessing. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. Gloria Copeland put it this way, and, and if I'm repeating myself, it would, it'll help you. Because you need to have this sort of built in and built in and built into you. But Gloria Copeland put it this way. She said, when you get a cough or a cold, you know what to do. You've had enough teaching that when a cough or a cold starts to attach itself to you, what do you do? You get loud right away. You start dealing with it right away. You don't just kind of say, oh, well, that just feels like a cold coming on. So I'll just, I'll just kind of wait a week before I do anything about it. No, as soon as you start to feel that tickle in your throat, you start, to get, you start to get loud about it. You start to confess. You start saying, no way, I'm not going to allow that. Devil, you get away from me. Uh, by his stripes, I am healed. I am healed. I am healed. And sickness, you stay away from me. Devil, you're not going to put that cold and cough on me. And you just talk yourself, what, you know, you just pray your way right through that right. and confess your way right through that so that you don't get that. And I, yeah. many people in this room and, and, and many of my friends and others and myself, um, I remember one time just driving on the freeway. I remember exactly where I was. But I could just feel that tickle start to come into my throat. You know, I could just feel, oh, it's just starting to get a little sore back here. I can feel that tickle, I, you know. And, and I know, or at least in my, my history, was that as soon as that started, then the cough would start. Then after the cough would start, it would start to kind of work down. It would turn into that loud honk. It would go for about two weeks, and then it would start to kind of get better. Well, that was a pattern that I had lived with for decades. And then I learned that, you know, once I started to feel that cough or that, that tickle in my throat, I got mouthy. I began to say, no, no, I'm not going to accept that. No, I won't accept that whatsoever. And I would just talk and scream and just yell. And, and, and by the time I got to my destination, there was no cough, there was no cold, there was, all of those symptoms were gone. Just shouted them off. Okay? We understand that that's, you know, that's not, you know, many charismatic Christians understand that that's a good way to, to keep healed and stay healed, that when the symptoms start to come on, you just push them right back off. Here's my point. Gloria Copeland said that she's just started to understand that we put up with symptoms of lack for weeks and often months. But the same 
curse of sickness that we're redeemed from is just like the same curse of poverty that we're redeemed from. And so when we allow symptoms of lack to kind of come and stay, it gets harder to push them off, doesn't it? But at the first signs of lack, we just close the door and say, no, devil, you're not going to take this any further. No, just stop right here. No, 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 no. And then push him back. Amen? Amen. You can do that. Don't put up with symptoms of sickness, but don't put up with symptoms of lack. Don't put up with it. You talk to your bills. You get busy. You get loud at talking to your bills. You get good at talking to your checkbook. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And we don't put pressure on people. We just keep praying to God. Praying to God and telling the devil to take his hands off of our finances. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, that we might receive the blessing of Abraham. What was the blessing of Abraham? Genesis 13:2. Abraham was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. That the blessing of Abraham, the blessing of Abraham, might come upon us. This is, this is covenant talk. This is your covenant. Your covenant includes the blessing of Abraham, and Abraham was very rich. And then he's also described by his servant, the Lord has blessed my master greatly. He has become great. He has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female servants, camels and donkeys. Hallelujah. How many of you would like to have male and female servants? How would you like to have gardeners and drivers and, and cooks and cleaners and, and uh, people doing your laundry and all that kind of stuff? People, I heard, I heard camel sounds cool. Camels is good too. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, exactly. You know, people working on the pool. I could just see Bridget's pool boy, you know. <laughs> All right. Amen. Amen. Lord has blessed my master greatly. This is the kind of blessing that God's going to put on you. God's, God wants this for you. Great blessing. Great blessing. Great blessing. Great blessing. Hallelujah. I once teased this one rich friend of mine I had in college, and, and uh, they, had, uh, they had house servants. And, and uh, I, I, you know, I was just full of that sort of socialistic college rhetoric and stuff. And I'm like, you're oppressing, uh, you know, sort of half communist doctrine. You're oppressing the masses, and, you know, you have this, you know, you have a slave in your house and stuff like that. And he said, Understand the facts here, poor boy. You know, here is here's what it means to have somebody who, who works in your house. This person had nothing. We hired that person. We paid for their kids to go to school. We bought them a car. We did this. We did that. We brought that person from here to homeownership. Not only did they did we you know give them a car and help their kids through school. But now they own a home because they work for us. You know, get rid of this communist manifesto, you know, you know, labor party kind of stuff, you know. Oh, you did? You guys are nice. 
oh, all right, well, let's go to the bar. So, you know, and that was, you know, he just, just, just totally shut me down. Oh, yeah, you know, having people work for you is cool. Well, I mean, that's, you know, that's the right way to do it. You know, you're not, you know, just having people work for you, you know, start them at $3 an hour and grind them down to $2 an hour. You know, no. You start them at a good wage and take them up. And that's, that's what they did. It's a blessing to everybody. Call, call me when you guys have people working for you. I, I just, I just want to just, you know, don't want to hear about it. Praise God. It's the blessing of Abraham. It's the blessing of Abraham. It's the blessing of Abraham. That you have people working for you. People helping you out. Helping you out with all your stuff. I mean, you just got so much stuff, you got to have people to take care of it. People to manage this. And you, gotta, you, know, you, may, you may have to employ a mechanic to take care of all your cars. Full time. You know? Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Several gardeners. Full time. You know, just, a, just as you walk through your estate. <laughs> Praise God. That's what it's going to sound like around your house. Hallelujah. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. I, I remember when I first found that, I, I used to just read over that scripture over and over again. In the, in the Bible, and just kind of, they don't mean rich, you know, poor. It, this, this is spiritual. I would spiritualize this. This was sort of a spiritual poverty. It's a spiritual rich. It's, a, it, it's, it's not financial. When the Bible is literal, take it literally. And it, it took me a while before I could see that this is, this is literal. Literal. And because it also fits in line with all the rest of the scriptures, that it was a covenant that he bore the curse for us, that the blessing could come to us. It's, it's part of the covenant. It's, it's just, this is covenant talk also, just like Galatians 3.13 is covenant talk. Here is more covenant talk, that he was made poor, that you could be made rich. How did you get your righteousness? He was made sin so that we could be made righteous. Will you allow that? Will you accept that? Will you accept His righteousness? Will you accept His healing? Will you accept His salvation? Amen? If you're going to take your place in heaven, don't go there sick and poor. I mean, go there with everything, everything that's on the ticket. You know, if you get to, you know, it's like one of those uh, all-inclusive passes. You know, if you get, if you get the all-inclusive pass that includes meals, uh, at this at the resort, Would you, if you're hungry, order some food. Don't you? I'll just have water. You get the all-inclusive pass. It's, it's a lobster fest. I mean, it's a lobster seafood buffet, and I just have water. <laughs> you know, you got the whole all-inclusive pass. Yeah. Well, you know, you got all the rides. You can go on all the rides. I, I mean, that's what Christians are doing all the time, and they think it's holy. That's right. <laughs> you said it. You said it. Philippians 4.19, we all know this. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory 
by Christ Jesus. This is so important for us to see that it, it is not according to your checkbook. It is according to your faith. According to your faith be it done unto you. When, when Jesus healed people, did he say, because you did some great act yesterday, I'll heal you today. No. Or according to your aunt's letter that she wrote to me and you know this or that. I mean, there was nothing other than according to your faith be it done unto you. According to your faith. According to your faith. What do you want me to do for you? One minister who was a great friend of Pastor Cho in Korea, got to know him real well, said that Pastor Cho's, who, who pastors the largest church in the world, is the pastor of the largest church in the world because he asked to be. Oh! <laughs> oh! Okay, doesn't that make sense? Doesn't that make sense? He asked for it. Oh, okay. You know, why is so-and-so driving such-and-such? Maybe they wanted that. Maybe they asked for that. Why has so-and-so got this job? Maybe so-and-so asked for it. One of the great things that they keep teaching over and over in sales is ask for the business. You know? Ask for the business. Don't just, you know, create the relationship and, aren't, you know, aren't your kids cute? And are my, here are my kids and, you know, here are our common interests and things like that. Ask for the business. Ask. Ask. Won't God give good things to those who ask Him? Amen? So Pastor Joe asked. Asked. My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And so often we're, we're basing where we're going to go based on where we are today. It's a starting place, but it's certainly not a limit according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And it's according to your faith, not according to what's in your checkbook. It's according to your faith. And so that's why it's so important. This class is not a be aware of class. This is a class to internalize. This is a principle to build into your spirit. This is only the introduction. You are responsible to take this information, to take these principles and meditate on and meditate on and make something in, come to pass in your heart. Amen? And don't allow circumstances to rip you off. And don't allow anything to rip you off. You get this. You get these principles and you build these principles into your heart and don't let anybody take this away from you. This belongs to you. This is your covenant. This is your covenant. Your covenant. Nobody else is going to take it away from you. It's yours. Amen? Amen. Matthew 6, 11 from the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. So the, here we go with the Lord's Prayer. He says, his disciples say, teach us to pray. And so Jesus gives us this model for prayer. He says, begin with worship. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. 
So seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness is first. So do you see how these scriptures are all, all falling together? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek God first. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your things first. Your way. Your way. Your way. Your will is first. Your will is first in my life. I serve you first and foremost. God, if there's anything that you want me to do, say, think, what have you, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. Amen? Amen. Now, the next prayer he gives us in the Lord's Prayer. The next thing to ask for, the first thing other than glorifying God is give us this day our daily bread. Ask for your needs. Very first thing. A lot of times we get real spiritual and we put that way off. You know, first we're going to pray all around and, you know, you know, get everybody saved in Africa and all this kind of stuff and pray the headlines, pray all these things and somewhere at the very end, you know, and Lord, you know, if I could just offer this one little thing, you know, if I'm not bothering you. And he says, no, first ask for your needs. First. Your first request after glorifying God is for your own needs. He understands you. He understands you. He loves you. And he's taking care of you. He has a covenant with you. He loves you. And it's His will for you to prosper. Amen. 